Searching for inspiring content on radio? Now you found Wells Radio. Your preferred wholesome radio. www.wellsradio.com You know when I come back, you know what I look like, everything lit. Wells Radio. Closer to you than a radio dial. Download your Wells Radio app from Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Go. Or listen to us on TuneIn and Streama. And connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google Plus, and Pinterest. Wells Radio. Connecting our world. I am woman. Like the moon and the sun She is worth more than gold Like the stars in the sky She is worth more than diamond She is worth more than silver Special kind of woman Oh yeah Imamaya Wawaya Ngozi chuku Unkeya She's a virtuous Hello there, welcome to another exciting episode of Feminine Fancies Coming to you right here from Wells Radio your preferred wholesome radio it's another wonderful time on the show today and i am bolanli udueku ayola this is wells radio your preferred wholesome radio and we bring to you uh we bring this program to you on a day like this for 30 minutes where we talk about women's issues we talk about issues relating to women that's what we do on the show so thank you so much for tuning in today have you downloaded the Wells Radio app? If you have not, uh, download the Wells Radio app on the Google Play Store or the iOS App Store by searching Wells Radio. Download the app, install it on your phone, open the app and press the play button and you're good to go. Alternatively, you can listen directly via our website. It's uh, www.wellsradio.com. Or you can search for us on social uh, several other radio directories. We are on uh, tuning.com streamer.com streamita.com we are also available on uh, online radio box.com live online radio.net we're also available on radiogarden.com as well also please follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram at wells radio we're also on facebook at wells radio online once again thank you for tuning in today it's going to be a very interesting show today so it's the month of april and april is the month for cesarean awareness so april is the cesarean awareness month and we're going to be talking about that today um in nigeria uh, or across nigeria uh you know about uh, 58,000 women die in childbirth every year and uh, giving you know Nigeria the world's fourth highest maternity, uh, the fourth highest maternal mortality rate rather. Now part of the problem is 
that the the country's uh, cesarean rate is low. It's just two percent, and the global rate is twenty one percent. And of course, uh, this is even you know putting aside the fact that there's just one doctor to every six thousand people in the country, and um, so many people uh, still do not understand. Uh, what the cesarean section is or will I say maybe they still do not understand or you know they refuse to actually acknowledge the fact that there is a place for a cesarean section operation in the delivery of a child so today on the show um, we're doing a quick you know history of what a cesarean section actually is uh, we'll also be talking about uh, true life stories and uh We'll also be, uh, you know, talking about uh, how to care for yourself for a faster recovery or how to care for someone, you know, who has had a cesarean section for faster recovery. So as I said, uh, April is the cesarean section awareness month. More and more women are giving birth by cesarean section in Nigeria, in different parts of the world. And... Um, what we don't know is that cesarean section is actually one of the oldest surgeries on record. Now, references to a C-section, which is what it's popularly called, uh, it goes back thousands of years. Now, early Chinese drawings depict newborns being removed from openings in their mother's abdomens. Uh, ancient Greeks believed that the sun god Apollo ripped his son uh, Asclepius from his dying mother's belly. And so for centuries, legend had it that the procedure took its name from the Roman Emperor Julius Caesar, you know, allegedly removed from his mother's womb through a surgical cut. However, uh, some historians doubt the truth of this because they point to evidence that Caesar's mother was alive well into the emperor's adulthood. Now, an ancient Roman law stated that a baby must be surgically removed from its mother's womb if she died in childbirth or just before. But then the essence of the law was that C-sections were reserved for those who were, you know, dead or almost dead. Uh, in fact, for centuries, the procedure itself was performed exclusively on deceased or on women that had little hopes of surviving labor. But then things started to change in the uh, Middle Ages. Uh, Although um, the operation itself generally was a death sentence, uh, because in the days before germ theory, uh, doctors operated with unwashed hands. They believed that the uterus would heal itself. Uh, many of them closed the patient's abdomens without bothering to stitch their wounds. The first woman who was reported to have lived through a C-section was the wife of a 15th century Swiss farmer. Uh, the Swiss farmer was named Jacob Nufa. Uh, he was really distressed by his wife's prolonged labor that he cut her open and delivered the child himself. So many scholars uh, doubt this story and I cannot you know, verify this story because um, the questions the scholars have posed is that how can you perform surgery? You know, a farmer with no training, no instruments, no anesthesia, no antiseptic, how could that surgery have been a success? But eventually, about 300 years later, women began to survive with some regularity. In the British Empire, the first known successful C-section was performed by Dr. James Barry, an eccentric army doctor who championed humane treatment of women. And this made more sense. Once uh, Barry died and an undertaker discovered that 
the he that they thought Barry was was actually a she. So Dr. James Barry actually masqueraded as a man to enroll in university and kept up the charade in order to be able to practice medicine. Also, French physicians, uh, they worked further on the uh, C-section in France and then they brought it to Louisiana in 1800s, performing the operations most often on slaves. Now, C-sections, uh, along with other operations back then, they were very rare and dreaded because there was no anesthesia, you know. Um, but then, um, eventually, uh, there was, uh, you know, the, eventually there was a provision for anesthesia. The discovery of, you know, discovering that oh, you can actually help this person to avoid feeling the pain while the operation is going on, you know, and so on and so forth. So that's just a brief history on a c-section and how it came to be just to show us that it has been around for longer than we have thought and uh, over time it has been upgraded and upgraded and upgraded now the procedure of cesarean section usually lasts about an hour and uh, during the first 24 hours uh, the challenges that the mother faces uh, you know in addition to recovering from a major surgery is uh, adjusting to parenthood and also breastfeeding of course i should know a lot about that seeing as i have also gone through two c-sections and um, i'll start the story from there so um i'll start the story from there because i was able to realize a lot of things now when i had my first child i was open to you know delivering my child anyway you know in any way as long as the child is healthy i am healthy and we are fine i don't really care um, I had gone to antenatal classes, I had been educated on the vaginal birth and uh, the cesarean section. Uh, I had been educated on some of, you know, reasons why there may be a need to have a cesarean section. Maybe the child is uh, uh, in danger. Uh, also, uh, you know, if you have a narrow pelvis or if the child is just too big to be delivered vaginally. But one thing I remember that I always found odd was that when most people would talk, well, not the not the uh, midwife this time, but other people, when they would talk, they would say that, oh, I had a normal delivery. And then I would ask, which does that make, you know, if, if a vaginal delivery is termed as a normal delivery, does that make a cesarean section an abnormal delivery? And it was at that point that I started to see why a lot of women would have cesarean sections and they would lie that they had vaginal deliveries because um, in this part of the world and in other parts of the world as well like India uh, traditionally and culturally people say those who have assisted births because that's what they see cesarean section as as lazy women that's what they term them you say oh she's a lazy woman she cannot push you know and so that's why she had to have a child through the cesarean section and so so many women lie and say oh i had my child through you know vaginal. some people even say if you have your children your child through cesarean section the child is not going to be brilliant in the future i laugh now that i'm saying it. it's it's hilarious because i mean where's proof of that and um i heard so many things i i had so many people you know say a lot of things uh eventually when i was close to uh, having my daughter my first child with this you know the, uh, her weight was about uh, 3.8 kg 
and um, my doctor told me okay it's possible that you may have uh, a cesarean section however this is your first time so we cannot discount the fact that you may be able you know to deliver her vaginally so we'll watch you and uh, see what happens so if you fall into labor please come to the hospital immediately i had close you know people not members of family but i mean close people people were close enough to know details about my pregnancy call me to tell me oh those people are just lying to you and this is another thing a lot of people feel that um when a doctor in a private hospital tells them that they are going to have a cesarean section they feel that you know those doctors are doing it just for money now well we cannot uh, entirely cancel this because it seems that there are lots of and lots of private hospitals where when you step back and actually look at um when you step back and actually look at uh why exactly was the cesarean section performed sometimes you realize that there is really there was really no need or there was really no reason to have performed the cesarean section because it goes without saying that uh, the cesarean section is more expensive, you know, than the vaginal delivery. When I had my first child, I remember I paid approximately, you know, plus my hospital birthday and everything, I paid approximately over 200,000 naira, you know, for my hospital uh, bills. And I remember that uh, out of that, um, it was it, it was almost about 260,000. And um, I remember that the money for the operation itself was 180,000 Naira. And I heard that uh, if it was a virginal delivery, I would have paid 25,000 Naira. So you can see the large gap in uh, fees. And this is also what makes a lot of people run away from having cesarean sections because they feel that they do not have the financial wherewithal. So talking about my first cesarean experience, um, I was in labor for about um, six hours, uh, six to seven hours. You know, the child wasn't coming, and um, eventually we found out that uh, the child was in distress. The fetal heartbeat dropped, and then my doctor said we have to carry out an emergency section. And so in we went to the theater. I was, well, to be honest, I was um, scared. That's just the truth. I, I, the hospital was owned by a pastor. Uh, who was also the the head doctor and um or the yeah the doctor the main doctor and um i remember uh before being given the anesthesia the doctor telling me okay pray for us and i was so scared i couldn't even open up my mouth because that was my first time of ever having any kind of surgery and um before you know even the surgery another thing that i found odd was the fact that um I was told my my husband was not in the same city I was. My husband was in Lagos. I was in Ibadan, but I I was escorted to the hospital by my mom. And the, the first thing that was actually said was that, uh, Madam, we are going to need your husband to sign the paperwork to act, to consent, you know, to the uh, cesarean section before we can move on. And then the question I asked was, so what if my husband is not around? Can't I sign it by myself? Is this not going to be carried out on me? And then uh, the person who brought the form said, no, you cannot sign, you know, sign it by yourself. Someone has to be with you to sign for you. You know, like a next of kin uh, must sign for you. And um, I find that very 
very very weird i found that very very weird because i felt you know i feel it should be my decision and if i come in here alone does that mean that this cesarean section or this surgery will not be performed even when i need it even when it's an emergency you know and um that that was another uh thing that was another thing that was another issue uh, but eventually um my husband was called a call was put through to which of course he immediately agreed and you know told them he was on his way but then my mom signed you know as the next of kin and then the operation was carried out you know and that was that uh, the operation happened uh in less than 45 minutes i was uh you know taken out of the uh, theater taken back to my room and um started with uh the trying to get better and so i remember you know opening my eyes and uh finding out oh i can't stand up from the bed <laughs> because uh well at that point initially i wasn't i wasn't in pains because i mean the uh the effects of uh whatever in drip or injection i've been given was still working and so i wasn't feeling the pains but the moment the pains hit i i literally wanted to faint this is you know this is this is me being me now i i honestly just wanted to faint i had to call the nurses and say look i'm in so much pain i can barely talk i need something to relieve me of this pain and of course uh, we moved to uh you know not even being able to eat after the operation because i was told that uh, i need to fart and to be honest i had never anticipated farting as much as i did you know after that operation i was always praying every minute please because i was so hungry because you would be told not to eat before the operation a couple of hours before the operation and then you can't eat after the operation unless you fat or you have a bone movement and uh, i was i wasn't allowed to eat anything i was very hungry i was at some point i was crying <laughs> i was crying like i'm hungry mommy can't i eat i was like no let's you know uh let's listen to the doctor's advice i wasn't allowed to eat but glory be to god i farted and um, i was allowed to start with some uh, liquid like um pop and uh, eventually we moved to semi-solids and then to solids also trying to walk again after having an operation uh it was um it was really by the grace of god <laughs> but um uh, Given the chance to do that, I will do it over and over again as long as it guarantees the safety of my child and I. Now, that's just my experience uh, with the cesarean section. I had another cesarean section again about uh, two years and some months after, which was a totally different experience from the first one I had. I mean, my first cesarean section in um, under, say, five days my surgery site was healed and I was fine and I was good to go and I moved on like nothing happened and I uh, thank God for that. Um, I'm not going to be talking about my second cesarean section operation. However, I'm going to be talking about something that uh, most people have issues with. So a lot of people feel that um, we hear that, uh, oh, some women came into the hospital and said, uh, you know, they don't... Uh, 
they they don't want cesarean section they don't want to do cs people people say it all the time say oh i don't want to do cs so i don't want to do cs so i've actually heard and seen a doctor because uh, this is not for lack of education sometimes it's rooted in religion and culture i've seen a doctor who herself has performed c-sections on multiple patients and when it was time for her to deliver and the doctor said madam you have been in labor for two days we have to carry out a c-section and she started crying and saying no no I would deliver like the Hebrew women. I will not have a C-section. So sometimes it's not only about educating ourselves. It's about disabusing our minds of the things that culture, the wrong things that culture and religion has put in our minds. Quickly, before we wrap up the show today, I'll be talking to us about um, how we can uh, care for ourselves after having a c-section i've already told us some of the things that you should expect you need as assistance uh, to use the bathroom sometimes you have a catheter which may be removed between a day or two uh, you'll be given liquids during the initial hours after surgery like i said and then slowly you'd be moved to semi-solids and uh, solids now antibiotics are usually given after the operation Sometimes, in some cases, they are given preoperatively, that's before the operation, and they are continued postoperatively. But in my case, I was given postoperatively, I was given augmenting and um, some other drugs. Now, of course, uh, there will be some degree of discomfort and pain for the next few days, and your doctor will definitely prescribe pain medication. However, if the pain is more than you can handle, please make sure that you tell your doctor. Now, um, the fact that you had a cesarean section does not mean that you will not experience vaginal bleeding uh, like, you know, people that have vaginal births uh, experience. So you can have vaginal birth, uh, vaginal bleeding with the call leukemia. Uh, it can last up to six weeks. It's usually, uh, the, the quantity is usually more in the initial few days and it gradually settles over time. Usually, patients uh, may also need to stay in the hospital for between two to four days after the surgery. This is uh, to ensure, uh, usually this is because uh, your doctors want to, you know, ensure that you're in the best of health before you go home. So just a few tips for faster recovery. Number one, I would say you should rest. So when people say that you need to sleep when your baby sleeps, is not a lie. I remember asking my mom the first time around. She would say, sleep, sleep. You are pressing your phone. Sleep. Your baby is sleeping now. Sleep. And I would say, but I'm not feeling sleepy. What then should I do? Uh, it was over time I realized that even when, even if I'm not feeling sleepy, I just close my eyes, <laughs> you know, or I just lie down and I look at the wonder that my baby is, you know. You need to rest. It's not even by sleeping. Sometimes it's just by resting, by lying down. Because the initial few days can be tough keeping up with a feeding schedule of a baby most babies newborns you know they have a feed two hours feeding schedule they breastfeed every two hours and uh, as new parents you can really get overwhelming by the number of changes that you need to adapt to sometimes it may even be worse some people feel that oh it's only when i'm a parent for the first time the second time is usually even harder i remember when i had my my second child my son um the the uh, it felt even worse because i had my toddler screaming for my mommy my mommy but um i didn't sleep overnight 
you know, my toddler is awake as early as 5 a.m. when my baby is sleeping and I am just starting to sleep and then she wants her mommy. So no sleeping time for mommy. <laughs> Alright, so as much as possible, please rest as as much as you need. Also, uh, breastfeeding, please ensure that you sit in a comfortable position before feeding. You need to uh, sit comfortably. For me, I used to have a pillow at my back. It would help me to sit well because you don't want to bend while breastfeeding. This, it can lead to chronic backache. Okay, so you can use a regular pillow or a breastfeeding pillow now good nutrition is also very important in the months after you deliver a diet that is rich in proteins and fiber because you don't want to have constipation also our consumption of green leafy vegetables can also help to improve your milk production this is one of the things that you may battle with if you don't have enough rest yes um, stress can affect milk production okay so you want to try to rest as much as possible and not eating well can also affect milk production now uh, for moms who have undergone a c-section as much as possible please do not do strenuous exercises for the first three months if you feel like doing any exercise uh, a short walk is fine uh, walking helps to reduce the risk of blood clots it helps to reduce constipation and to also improve your mental health so make do with walking don't lift weights I'm honestly not of the opinion. I'm not of the class of people who advise that it's okay to start using a tummy belt. It took nine months for your stomach to grow that big. It's going to take a while for it to go down as well. So concern yourself with your health and the health of your child. Please also take the medications that are needed, the medications that are prescribed by your doctor. Now, if you need to cough or sneeze in the first couple of days after your cesarean section, Please hold your stitches as you do so. This is because it can take up to eight weeks for complete healing of the stitches. And if you, you know, cough and sneeze and then so much pressure is applied to the stitches, sometimes the stitches can break and then it will need to be restitched. Now, if you have symptoms like fever, fever with or without chills, if you have a burning sensation when you urinate, if you have intense pain in the area of your stitches or if you see any form of liquid or fluid dropping from the stitches, please see your doctor immediately because that is a sign of infection. And then the doctors will be able to identify the source of the infection and treat you accordingly. I would also say that giving birth is an emotional experience. Um, you may find it very difficult to make the transition, especially when you know you are still healing from a surgery and for some people it can trigger negative feelings i had postpartum depression when i had my second son my stitches weren't healing as i expected them to it took over three months to heal uh for my stitches to heal at some point you know i thought oh okay i'm going to write right for an extension before i go back to work but i just realized that i needed to go back to work for my mental health not for money not for anything but i needed to go back to work for my mental health and so blandly resumed work you know without even being fully um you know healed but uh thank god that um when i resumed work in about uh, a week I, I became fully healed so sometimes you say that oh the stitches are not healing sometimes it's also attached to your mental health 
if you're not doing well your body system is also not doing well so please as much as possible if you feel that uh, you're, you're having negative vibes please talk to your doctor or talk to a close family member who can help you um, also it's not advisable if you've had um, a c-section it's not advisable to um, have children immediately again you should wait for at least one year to ensure that your stitches are proper, properly healed so you should think of contraception as well see your doctor for that but that's about it on the show we've used so much time thank you so much for staying tuned um, we'll continue this next week we'll also have so many stories from women who have given birth through cesarean section it's the cesarean section awareness uh, month in uh april so um talk about it as much as you can but this has been feminine fancies i'll be back again next week same time right here on world's radio your preferred wholesome radio please follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram at world's radio we're also on facebook at world's radio online i am bolali uduweku ayola bye-bye and god bless you Oh, be dear, Searching for inspiring content on radio? Now you found Wells Radio. Your preferred wholesome radio. www.wells.com.